Luke chapter 2. I alluded to the message this morning um, that we're going to be, I'm going to be preaching three messages in one. It's actually four, but that's okay. In Luke chapter 2, we'll start reading, um, we're going to read the Christmas story, uh, but I want to focus on um, on a couple of things, uh, a couple of different messages in this in this passage. Um, but let's start reading uh, in verse one of Luke chapter two. And it says in verse two, verse one, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed, and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you uh, for the message of the gospel. Thank you for the good news. Uh, on that night that was brought uh, to the shepherds, that uh, that a, a Savior was born. But Lord, I thank you that it wasn't just a message for them, Father, but it was a message for all of us. I'm thankful that the Savior wasn't just for, for the people of Israel, but it was for the whole world. Thank you, Lord, that that he came not just to be born, uh, but but to die and to live again. Lord, we thank you for, for the work of Christ and uh, what what that day meant. And uh, the fulfillment of the prophecies that had been foretold, the the, uh, the forecoming of uh, of our Savior and, and the work that was to be done. I, I thank you, Lord, for all of it. And God, we praise you. I ask that you would help me this evening to to uh, as we delve into your your Word to to fully understand it, Lord, to to rightly divide it, Lord, to to to, to bring forth the truth that we can all understand it from. From the oldest to the youngest of us, Lord, I pray that we would understand this gospel message. And God will thank you and praise you for it, for all that you do. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
as I've thought about the Christmas growing up. For me, Christmas morning was always the thing, right? That's for, for kids. That's what it is. They 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 want to go to bed early, so only so they can get up early. Uh, the fashion they go to sleep. At least that's what, the way it was for me. And I try to get my kids to do this because that, that means I get more sleep. Uh, they they go to bed early so I can get some rest. And and Ezra's sitting back there saying, you know, he sits awake in his bed waiting for the day the daylight to shine. But for us, Christmas morning is always the the big thing. But as I read the scripture, and I don't know what time it was when Jesus was born, but there's nothing saying that Jesus was born early in the morning. And, and honestly, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. That's just the day we, we picked to choose to celebrate his birth. But we here are reading about what happened 2,000 years ago, or over 2,000 years ago, in Bethlehem in the evening. The shepherds are, are, are watching their sheep at night. It's, it's nighttime. It's dark out. And, and in verse 10, we see the angels come and and they, they, they preach a message, or they bring forth a message uh, to, the, to the people uh, of Israel, uh, the, sorry, to the, to the shepherds, uh, something for them specifically, but also for the whole world. And as we go through this, we're going to look at three different messages that, that were brought uh, during this account. And the first is that of the, of the angels. And we read it in verse 10 through 14. It says, And the angels said unto them, Fear not, for I behold, for, for behold, I bring you, Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I've never seen an angel. I can't imagine what it must have been like uh, to be there in the dark, watching the sheep, watching out for their protection and making sure they don't wander off. And suddenly there's a, there's a, a heavenly body, a, a, an angel in the sky. Uh, now, it must have been, I, I'm imagining it was in the form of a man, but I don't, I wasn't there, I can't see it. Uh, there were others that were mistaken as men, so I would assume that this is what they saw. But uh, there was an angel, but he said something. In fact, it's the same thing that's said every time an angel stands before a man. Fear not. You see it, you see it, uh, the angel said that in Luke chapter 1 to, 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 to Mary and Joseph and Matthew. Uh, every time the angel appeared and spoke, to Zacharias, to, to all of them. the first things out of their mouth was, "Fear not, <laughs> don't be afraid." Because the truth is, it's a terrifying thing to have it. To, I would imagine having an angel stand there and, and speak to you. Uh, but it was a, it was a message, a soothing message. They they weren't there to to warn them or to cause them to tremble and fear. While I'm sure the the, the shepherds trembled, I'm sure they they cowered in fear. Uh, it wasn't a message of fear. It was a it was a message of peace. There's a soothing message. We see in, 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 Luke, uh, in Luke chapter 1, verse 13, if you want to jump over there and look at that verse, uh, here the angels appearing to Zacharias. This is, but the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and shall call his name John. And again in Matthew one twenty, we don't have to turn there, but he says the same thing there, uh, that, that, uh, that uh, he tells he tells. Uh, tells uh, tells the person to, to not be afraid. <coughs> the truth is, the message of Christ is not a message of fear. I mean, we, we, Jesus brings peace. It, it, it was a message, uh, a soothing message, uh, uh, because the truth without Christ, we would have much to fear. Would we not? The Bible tells us that all men fear death. I don't want to die, but... 
I don't have a fear of death because of what comes after. Because when I take my final breath here, because of, because of the promises of, of eternal life uh, through Jesus Christ, I don't have to fear death. I know that I'll live eternally with God in heaven. I don't have to fear hell. I don't have to fear Satan. I don't have to fear even life itself. Uh, I truly have nothing to fear. Uh, in fact, the Bible tells me that, that I can have peace. In fact, we see that it's not just a soothing message, but it's a salvation message. Look at verse number, verse number 10 and 11. He says, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It's a message of peace. It's a message of peace for the people, for the, for the shepherds, but it's a message of peace for all men. Not just peace with one another. Uh, uh, we, we want to have peace with one another. Nobody likes to be in turmoil and, and, and at odds with those that are around them. We, it, we, we should desire, or it shouldn't be in us to desire to have peace. But the peace that, that was offered here, this message of peace, was a, a message of peace with God. Because they were already in condemnation. We read that in John chapter 15, that Jesus didn't come to the world to condemn the world because the world was already condemned. He came to save the world. It, it was a message of peace. He had peace for George. He had peace for, for, for my family. He had peace for your it was a message of peace. And it all started one night when those shepherds were out in the, the, the field. As far as they were concerned, as far as they understood, that this, that these angels appeared and they began to, to speak to them, telling them to, to fear not, for they brought good tidings of great joy. It was a salvation message. The gospel is the good news. Christ died for our sins. There is no greater news that can ever be told to us. You turn on the television and you listen, whether it's CBS, NBC, ABC, WXYZ, I don't care what you watch. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. It's depressing. It's, a, it's, a, there's, it's turmoil. It, it's, it, all it does is weigh on you. And you can turn on, you can scroll Facebook, say, I don't, I don't watch the news. I get all my news from social media. Well, that isn't any better. There is nothing better. All it is is turmoil. We have turmoil with, on, uh, in our social media. We have turmoil, uh, turmoil at the dinner table at Christmas. Uh, uh, you can uh, there can be uh, issues between family. God gives us peace, but not just peace with one another. We desire that. God gives us peace with God. It is good news. The gospel, of Jesus Christ, is good news. It's a soothing message. It's a salvation message. And, and man, that salvation brings great joy. Notice it said there in verse eleven or verse ten. It says, uh, "Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people." See, it's it's not just a message for us. I'm thankful that it's a message for me, and we'll get to this in a second. But it's a message for the whole world. And there isn't a there isn't a place on this planet where God said, "You know what? I don't. I, I'm not going to send Jesus for them." There are times when we might look at others and say, I don't know that God can get a hold of that one, but that's our bias, not God's. God is not a respecter of persons. There is not a person that God does not desire to save because God desires to save all men. There is not a person that God is unable to save because the power of God unto salvation is, has appeared to all men in Jesus Christ. It's an inclusive message. But it's also a personal message. He says, 
verse, at the end of verse 10, it says, shall be to all people. Man, there's great joy, there's peace, and all can come to Christ. But the next part of the verse says this in verse 11, for unto you is born this day. For unto you is born this day. It is for all men, but it's for you. It's personal. I can remember the day when it was personal for me. When I heard the gospel, for the, not for the first time, but for the first time it sunk in that it was for me. That it wasn't just a message because I was sitting in church for the millionth time in my life and hearing the gospel preached. And listen, I heard the gospel over and over and over and over again. But one day it clicked. It was for me. And when that happened, when I realized that I was on my way to hell because I was a sinner, but God loved me so much that he sent his son to die on the cross, this gospel message right here, that, that great peace, that great joy, the good news was for me. We looked at Isaiah chapter 9, 6 this morning. He says, for unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. This child was born unto us and given for us. He was going to be the sacrifice of our sin. It's a salvation message. There are three titles that are given to Jesus in verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, number one, a savior. Savior, it's the, the, the word is, gives us the idea, the understanding that he would be the deliverer of all people. Jesus said to himself, if the Son shall set you, make you free, ye shall be free indeed. He set us free from the, from, the, from the curse of sin and death. We're no longer bound by our flesh and by this world, uh, by the great and precious promises that have been given unto us. We have uh, access, we, can, we now have within us, if we're saved, a divine nature. That's freedom. And he gave us that salvation through Jesus Christ. And he is the Savior. We've been delivered from our past. We've been delivered from our present. Let's, look, we've been delivered from our future. Think about your past. Think about where you were. I, I, I don't like to go back and dwell on it all that much, and you shouldn't dwell there for very long. But it's good for us to go back and remember where we were before we got saved. Uh, because it, it makes us a, a whole lot more... Uh, thankful for what God has done for us. So go back in your mind a, a moment to where you were before you got saved. Go back to, to, to the, uh, the moment before you accepted Christ and, and look at the sin that you were steeped in. Look at the, the bondage that you were in, the, the helplessness, the hopelessness, all that you used to be. The burden that weighed upon your heart so heavy that you could not get yourself free of it. And then you got saved. You put your faith in Jesus Christ. He saved you from your past. But now I want you to stop and think, what if I didn't? What if I had never accepted Christ as my Savior? Where would I be now? Because I can guarantee you, your present would be a whole lot different than what it is. You would not be where you're at today. In fact, you may not be today. None of us know, uh, uh, we, there's, there's not a mil there are a million different possibilities that can go on in our life. Uh, uh, every choice has a, has a consequence or has, uh, something happens because of it. Uh, but, but if you had not chosen on that day to accept Christ, you could be further into sin, you could be deeper into, into depression, you could be into the darkness, lost and blind with no hope, and still on your way to hell. 
who knows where you'd be, but that's not where you're at. If you're here today because and you're saved, uh, think about where you were. Think about where you would be. He saved you from your past. He saved you from what could have been your present. And he saved you from what could have been your future. Because if you never got saved and you stayed bound in your sin and there was never a change, if Christ had never come, what would be our future? We would be without hope. We would be bound in our sin and one day we would all stand before God and be judged in our sin. But Christ did come. Christ did die. And if you are saved, if you trusted in him, this message of salvation, you have been delivered from your past, from what could have been your present and what would have been your future. He was declared our Savior here. It says, For unto you was born the state of the city of David, a Savior. The next word is, the next title is this, Christ. When this, it gives us the, the understanding of the fulfillment of the promises and prophecies of the Old Testament. Now, the Jews were very familiar with the prophecies and the promises uh, in the Old Testament that, that a Messiah would come. They were looking for a Messiah, but they were looking for the kind of Messiah that would free them from Rome, not that would free them from their sin. It was a different, uh, a different understanding, but, but the, Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of that. He was the, the one that was uh, promised all the way back. The very first prophecy was in Genesis chapter 3.15, where it says that, he would, that, he would, uh, uh, that, that, that Satan would bruise his heel and that he would bruise his head. Uh, that, that took place at the cross when Christ died and rose again. But I want you to understand, he was the fulfillment of all of those prophecies. It was prophesied that he'd be born of a virgin. It was prophesied that he'd be born in Bethlehem. Uh, uh, there were so many prophecies. Isaiah 53 was it's chock full of prophecies about his death. But here we see that this child that was born is being preached to the or preached to these uh, uh, shepherds. Yes, he was the Savior, but he was also the Anointed One, the Messiah, the fulfillment of all the promises of God. Third, we see his title of Lord. It means master, sovereign one, the one to be worshipped and adored. And Jesus should have been born in a, 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 if he had to come at all, and he did have to come for us, but he should have been placed in the highest of exalted palaces and and had everything given to him. And, but that's not what he did. It's not what he desired. He desired, he humbled himself, came, became like a man, came to, the, came to this earth, humbled himself, even to the death and the cross. But he is Lord. In fact, we, this was last, last Sunday night's message, but He's been exalted. He humbled himself. He died. But the Bible says that doing that, that, that he's been exalted above all others. That at his name, every knee should bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So these angels are delivering this message that, that Christ was born, that, he's, that, that he would the Savior, that he, would, that he was the, the promised one, that he would be Lord over all. 
earth didn't need a teacher, although Christ was a great teacher. The earth didn't need a doctor, though he healed many. He didn't, they didn't need a philosopher, though he had more wisdom than every philosopher. The world needed a savior, and that's who God sent. It was a, a saving message. It was a soothing message. It was also a, a showing message. First, they, they told them what had happened. For unto you was born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. But verse 12 says, And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. It was a, a message here for the shepherds. It pointed the way. This is how you find him. Aren't you thankful that God pointed the way for you? John 6, 44, Jesus himself said that unless the Father reveals it to a man, calls a man, then no man would see the Father. God revealed it to them. We, we spoke of Peter this morning uh, when, when Jesus said, uh, who do men say that I am? And, and then he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ. And, God said, and uh, Jesus said, God has revealed that unto you. God had to open their eyes. I'm thankful that God pointed the way to Christ for me. The Spirit of God spoke to my heart. Somebody, many people over the years shared the gospel with me. But one day, it became real to me. One day I understood. One day I saw with, with spiritual eyes. I understood and I was able to trust in Christ. God used the angels to point the way for the shepherds. Sent them to Bethlehem. To a tiny little barn with a to a tiny little stall with a tiny little manger with a tiny little baby. And they went and found them. Now it's not only is it a showing message, but it is also a shouting message. Because in verse 13 and 14, it says this, and suddenly there was with the angels a multitude with the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God and the highest that on earth peace. And goodwill towards men. The angels praised their creator. They, they, praised, uh, they praised God. They, uh, they, here, they, here was God, the creator of all things, in human form. And they were glorifying God in the highest. And they, they were excited. They were worshiping the Savior. They were worshiping their creator. They praised God for peace that was brought to man. They said there, Glory to God in the highest, honor, peace, goodwill toward men. Listen, we can praise God, but the greater praise is for the peace that came to mankind. I think I broke it. Can you hear me? I don't know what it's doing. It's all right. Let's see. I'll yell loud. All right. So, uh, but it's a shouting message. They're praising God, thanking God for all that he, had, that he had done. But we're to praise God and thank him for what he's done. The first message is that of the angels. The second message is that of the shepherds. The angels uh, brought a message of peace. The shepherds delivered a message of praise. What do you think about it for a moment? The, these shepherds, they weren't wealthy. They weren't well-off. They weren't well-liked. 
to be a shepherd was, uh, they, they weren't the outcast, necessarily the outcast of society, but they were the lower caste of people. Uh, the working class, uh, they, they dealt with sheep and, and, and animals, and, and because of their work, they were many times considered unclean and able to go to the temple, uh, which was set them apart from others. But isn't that who Christ came for? I mean, Christ came for everybody, but he didn't distinguish some better than others. In fact, the Bible tells us that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Mark 2.17 tells us, that, that, he, that he came for those that were sick. Christ came for them. Those verses, the message that they had is a message of obedience. In verse 15 and 16, it says this, It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. The angels appeared to them, gave them the message, told them what, they, what they'd find, and they didn't stick around, they didn't wait. They didn't put it off and say, well, you know, we'll go check on it someday. They conferred together, and they said, let's go. They, they, they went with haste. There, there was, there was a, a, a desire to be obedient, uh, to, to, to find Christ, to see if what, the, what they had heard and what they had been told was true, and they found it to be so. Not only was it a message of obedience, it was a message of opportunity. Uh, on the way, they told everybody what they'd heard. Now, you would think, well, I would have too. But would you really? Imagine you go home tonight. And it ain't, now, God doesn't do this anymore. I don't believe God speaks to us through angels. But let's just say he did for sake of, for sake of the uh, illustration. Let's say you go home tonight. And you go to bed. And you, wake, you open your eyes. And there's an angel standing there. And he gives you a message. He says, I want you to go over here and you're going to find this. Are you going to tell somebody? Or are we going to be afraid of what others might say? How others might view us or see us? Because the truth is, if you told somebody you saw an angel, I'm going to be honest, if you come to me and tell me that you see an angel tonight, I'm going to be praying for you. <laughs> tell you to, to stop eating so many pieces of pie just before you go to bed. Right? Uh, uh, because I think that's crazy. It'd be crazy for anybody. But they, they, they didn't hide the message. They took the opportunity to tell everybody they could of the, the good news that the Messiah was here. What a, what a blessing. Listen, we've been given that same opportunity. Say, so, well, it's different. Is it really? You have a greater message than, than from an angel. You have the word of God. You have the command of God. They weren't told to go and spread the news. They were told to go and see. But they went and spread the news. They told everybody uh, uh, about what, what they went to see. They, they went and they found them and they, they told everybody. <coughs> Excuse me. We've been commanded in Mark 6, 16, 15, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Acts 1, 8. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. In Acts it says, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. We're not, there's no place that's been, that is supposed to be spared of the gospel. But the truth is, there are a lot of places and a lot of people that have never heard. My wife was sharing this week that before, before she got saved, she didn't even know Christmas was about Christ. That's in our country. 
in a little town of Oakland, not that far from here. She didn't live, her parents weren't wicked, evil people. They were just unsaved. There are a lot of people that don't know what Christmas is all about. We have an opportunity to share it. Not only was it a message of obedience, the message of opportunity, but it was an overwhelming message. I want you to think about the, these men and their circumstances for a second. The circumstances didn't change. In fact, people now thought they were crazy on top of being, you know, outcast of society and, and, and considered unclean. Now they're going around saying, hey, listen, we heard about the Messiah, and he was born in that, that manger over there. Why don't you go check him out? It's pretty cool. He was there. We saw angels, I tell you. The Bible says everybody wondered. I don't think that they wondered so much about the message that they heard. Maybe they wondered a little bit more about the sanity of the people sharing the message. But they glorified God. Despite the fact that the circumstances were still crummy, despite the fact that they had to go back out in the field and lay under the stars and watch the sheep and the, the smell of the sheep and all the work, despite the fact that people still, still looked down upon them and how difficult things were, they still found reason to glorify God and praise God. In fact, we see that in the latter part of the verses. Verse 20 says, And the shepherds returned, this is on the way home, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. If you've been saved, I don't know, we've all got different circumstances and are all going through things that, uh, that maybe things that uh, nobody else knows, maybe, other, maybe others do know. Everybody has different circumstances in their lives, but the truth is we can always find reason to glorify God because we are not what we once were. We've, we have heard the gospel. We've been, if we're saved, we can praise God that we are a new creature in Christ, that we've received the, the grace of God, and that we have received a new life, new birth. Remember that whatever we're going through today, they were looking for a better day. They saw him as baby. They believed him to be king. One day he will be king. And he didn't come to, this, to the earth on that day to be king. He came to die. But he's coming back. And there is a better day ahead of us. No matter what our circumstances. And listen, even if we die here on this earth, there is a better day coming. The third message I see in this passage is actually found in verse 7. It's a message of rejection. You see this, it says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now it doesn't tell us exactly what the innkeeper said or what is reasoning was other than there was no room for him in the inn. I don't know that you can say there was any ill intent where he saw Mary and Joseph and thought, ha, I want to make them stay in the cold. Everybody had come into town. If you remember, Caesar had taxed everybody and everybody had to go to their hometowns. And so Mary and Joseph traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem to, along with everybody else who was born in Bethlehem. It was a crowded place at that point in time. There was no room for him. But how sad 
for a, for a pregnant woman to come to your door and you say, I'm sorry, I've got no place for you. I'm sure they, they went to every possible place there was. And it was only out of, out of um, you can try my barn, I guess. I don't know exactly what it was, but exactly how, how it went down, but how sad. Well, that innkeeper slept in his own bed. Christ was born in a manger. A lot of times we say, well, I just don't have opportunity. I don't have the ability. Just, I don't have the time. We can make up lots of reasons. And I'm not saying this, guy, this man didn't have reason, didn't have a didn't have a room, but he had his room. And if a pregnant woman came to my house and was looking for a place to stay, I'd let her stay in my room. I'd give up my own bed before I'd let her sleep out in the garage. At least I think I would like to think I would. But how many times do we reject Christ in that way, where Christ would call us to do something, call us to give up something, call us a sacrifice, and say, well, I don't have it to offer. Look at, look at what I have. It's all spoken for, except for it's mine. But that's for me. The message of sadness is a message of sorrow. Without, if, if there was no Christ, there'd be no hope, no future. It was a message of separation. There's one more message that I'd, I'd like us to look at tonight. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians chapter three. So we, we heard about the, the message of the angels, uh, how they spoke to the shepherds. We heard about the shepherds and how they spoke. We heard about the message of the re, of rejection. But there's one more message that, that I want us to take from this. In Second Corinthians chapter three, verse two it says, "Ye speaking to the, the church, the Corinthian church." Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, and known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. Paul here is writing to the Corinthian church, and he's saying that you are the, the, the testament, you are the message. Not written down with ink somewhere for somebody to read, but written in the, the lie, your lives, for others to see. Jesus said, ye are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth, right? We've been called to, to, to allow our lives to reflect the working and the spirit of God. Ephesians 2, or Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says it like this, that we are to be the praise of his glory. We have the, the greatest message that, that this world has ever known. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, salvation, freedom from sin, peace with God. It's not just a message to be spoken. While it must be spoken, it's a message to be lived. 
that this message is written on our hearts and in our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit of God as he works in us and changes us and makes us more and more like Christ. And we can go around and, and, on, and, and shout, it, shout it up uh, about the gospel, and we should tell others about Christ. But they've got to see it in their lives as well. They've got to see the hand of God. There, there is no better testament of, 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 of the efficacy, the effect of something, than when it, the person who is sharing it is a partaker in it. You ever see, this is a terrible illustration, you ever see, the, this is a long time ago, commercials for the, the, the hair plugs for men? Not only my, uh, 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 my wife's like, I've never seen that. It's because you were never bald. Uh, uh, it used to be they'd have this guy who was standing there with a full head of hair, and he'd be like, I'm not only a spokesperson, but I'm also a client. And he'd put his head down, and he'd have a full head of hair. <laughs> and they, it, it tried to, tried to uh, lend credence or, or, or power to, what it, to his testimony. say, look, see, I've got a full head of hair, but I'm really bald. Listen, uh, when they look at us, they, we, we, we preach the gospel. We say, look what I used to be. This is what I came from. But look what God has done in my life. It's not our words that, that, that will change people's hearts. It is the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God works through us. If they're going to hear one thing and then see something else in us, it's a dichotomy, right? It, it, it's a mixed message. I can't teach my children to do one thing and then live the opposite way. I can, but it will have no effect. May the greatest message that is preached in the gospel be the message that's preached from a life lived for the gospel. As much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. May our lives celebrate Christmas. May our lives preach the gospel as well as our lips. Father, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for Christ. I thank you for what he did for us. I thank you for the work that was done on the cross. Or the, the truth is our the Christmas that we celebrate is about the cross. He came to die and live again. We're so thankful for that. I pray, God, that you'd help us to go forth and, and remember uh, what what was done on that day. Lord, remember the, the gift that was given. Lord, may we, we share that message uh, in everything that we do. May we glorify you in, uh, in every aspect of our life. And may our, we point others. Uh, to the cross, point others to Christ uh, as the shepherds were. Uh, Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you've done for us. We ask this in Christ's name we pray. Amen.